Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Tuesday co-host, Kevin McGuire, over at Locked On Nittany Lions, I'm Nate Dickinson. We've got all sorts of stuff to get to in the Big Ten, including the end of our position previews with defensive backs here with Kevin today. But first, we'll get into all the news in the Big Ten. But of course, we got to let you know about Rock Auto. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car would ever need. If you're thinking about doing anything with your car at the end of the summer here as we get into those winter and colder months in Big Ten country, be sure to head over to rockauto.com. Kevin, it's locked on Big Ten, and we start with the biggest news of the day every single day. Of course, that means we're going to start with the people who are tweeting at us angrily online and that is right now in reference to last week's running backs preview that we have we'll get to all the stuff in the big 10 but a mention from at boatwagon one an old friend of mine from the locked on golden gophers podcast said ridiculous guys ibrahim and goodson that's a mohammed ibrahim of minnesota and tyler goodson of iowa who we established last week are two best running backs maybe returning in the big 10 are the number one and number two returning rbs in the big and you spent less than two minutes on them and those two minutes don't have any actual content that last part at the end really hurt kevin but as far as just spending two minutes on them i don't know they're good we said that last week i, I was again maybe we're shortchanging some of these best of the best guys and this is like position preview so we should be talking about the best but like we said it last week those guys are good last year they've already been good we know they're going to be good we know what they're going to do for their teams I was more interested in talking about those guys who could make a big impact that we're not quite sure about yet but I I guess I hear what he's saying getting stuff a little bit wrong but I'm I'm all for bringing out the gloves too look okay they're really good you know I mean what more do you want to say obviously we saw what they did last year and we fully expect that they're going to have similar success this upcoming season I feel like we addressed that, uh, but if we didn't and uh, you know, we have room to improve, so be it. But you know what? We'll try to do a little bit better today when we talk about those defensive backs. How about that? I'll give them a little bit. I will say that there has been on a few of these episodes where I've just kind of been like, the best of the best are the best of the best. So let's kind of get to the more interesting stuff. But interesting's subjective. And of course, people want to hear about their guys. So we'll talk, of course, more about everyone and the best of the best when we get to our team previews, which will start up on tomorrow's show with Asher Lowe. But right now we got defensive backs here today. And I again, just want to give a little shout out. Maybe one day I'll learn not to respond to the people on Twitter. That's not the best way to do it as far as getting them to stop. But for now, bring it on at Nate with sports. You know where to find me <laughs> every and people have been we that mess up with Rondale Moore last week we had. I don't know if you've heard, but it, it was a big, big thing over Twitter. Nobody's heard. It was just in my mentions, but still. <laughs> but you know what? The mentions are a very scary place, but I will put my Twitter handle out there as well. I mean, if you've got criticism at Kevin on CFB, I am not afraid to hear what you guys have to say. And you know what? Just thank you for listening. I guess it's evidence that somebody out there is listening to us. And uh, hey, that's a step forward as far as I'm concerned. That's true. Thank you all for that. A lot of people got on me and Jacob Rude for not getting Rondale Moore right. Jacob said he was still uh, at Purdue. I knew he was in the NFL, but I had that like 1% of me in the back of the head that was like, I don't want to be the one that's wrong on it in case he is back there. So I didn't call him out on it or anything, but that's just a lesson for me. And again, there was also another person. 
who uh, tried to say that Kofi Crokeburn was still in the NBA. He is coming back. So I was right about that one and they were wrong. So take that Twitter. Anyway, we've spent <laughs> too long now already talking about it. Let's get into Big Ten news. Kevin, before we went on, you brought up that the coaches poll for college football is going to come out here today in like, depending on when you're listening, already out middle of the day here on Tuesday. It's going to be filled with Big Ten teams. We know that. But where do you see everyone stacking up out here? Ohio State's going to be in that top four, we know, top three, I guess. I, I really try to figure out where the landscape is as far as the best of the best right now. But where at the rest of the top 25 is what I'm really interested in. Is to like, where do we see an Indiana clock in if they get top 25 votes or, or any other kind of school that kind of has those wishy-washy expectations, not quite sure about what happened last season? that's really what I'm interested in. But we'll start again with the Buckeyes to take some of the criticism here. Let's start at the top. And where do you think Ohio State will clock in? I'm thinking either two or three, right? Actually, I would be not surprised if they're a little bit lower than that. I still think this is a top five preseason ranking, but I think uh, you got to throw in Alabama as one of those top teams, I'm sure. Uh, I still think Clemson's in that conversation going into a new season. And there's been a lot of talk about Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma oh. is uh, probably a team that could uh, slide in ahead of Ohio State. But you know, I don't think there's going to be too many more teams that will. You know, Maybe Georgia. I, I don't know what the, the coaches poll is uh, generally thinking, but – you know, Ohio State certainly top five. I think would be a good lock, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't overreact too much to the coaches poll or the AP, the preseason polls. But I think uh, there's a lot of carryover from what the teams did last year, uh, and I think that is certainly with the coaches poll, um, they, they lean certain ways. So they don't really like the mid-major programs, the non-power conference programs. So they will uh, err in favor of teams uh, from the Big Ten in the SEC. So. I think Ohio State's in a good spot. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, the Buckeyes don't even look at the polls until they lose a game, right? They know that if they do what they have to do, they're going to be in that college football playoff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's really, you know, Ohio State has the expectation that they're going to be in the playoff. I mean, they would just play for the national championship last year. Uh, this is a program that has that bar as pretty much as high as they go right now. Uh, they're not in the playoff every year, but they're certainly in the playoff conversation going into every year. Uh, that's just the way things have been going in Columbus. I mean, really, the Buckeyes could honestly afford to lose a game every year, too. If they're a one-loss conference champion every season, only one team's going to go undefeated in the SEC. Only one team's going to go undefeated in the ACC, maybe. I mean, it seems like right now they've got a game in hand, even, if they want to get to that playoff. But that's something way, way down the road. Let's talk about the rest of this top 25. Where do you think we see other teams start to clock in as we get down this list? And again, I'm really interested at like near the bottom, where some of those maybe teams might be clocking in. But again, as far as those solid top 25 squads, where are we at? So I think after Ohio State, the first team that we'll probably see ranked might be Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we've uh, to kind of discussed before, there's a lot of expectation that Wisconsin's probably the team to beat in the Big Ten West. If it's not, it's Iowa. Um, and I would think that those two are probably going to be ranked around the same area. Uh, so if I had to take a guess, I'm probably thinking a little bit outside the top 10 for Wisconsin and Iowa, maybe a couple spots below that. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they're, it's going to be very difficult to get into the top 10. I think with some of the other teams that out there that coaches tend to go for in these preseason rankings. Um, but I think Wisconsin somewhere around 12 or 13, I think would be reasonable and Iowa, maybe a couple spots after that, I don't think would be too shocking. 
Yeah, and that's all really kind of the same thing. Those teams are going to have their opportunities to play their way into whatever spot they want to be. So the preseason rankings, as you mentioned, don't really matter in that sense. So ending up in the top 10 or not, I mean, yes, it's a reason to be excited going into the season just by how much talent and ability that a country thinks you have. But as far as these middle of the pack schools, really anyone in the Big Ten, if they win, they're going to be fine. But you, you get to this bottom near the top 25 kind of thing. And that's where we start talking about, like, where is Indiana here? Does Penn State come in and get a top 25 spot as well? Where are these other Big Ten schools that have a lot of question marks around them, but still have a lot of potential around them, too? Yeah, so I think Indiana is going to come in ahead of Penn State in the preseason coaches poll. But it would not shock me if it goes the other way around, because I think when you look at coaches polls, uh, yeah, like I said, there is carryover from last year, but sometimes history means a little bit more too in the way that these programs are breaking things down. So Penn State could come in ahead of Indiana, but I think we're looking at 17 to 20 range for both those schools. I, I would guess that Indiana probably comes in ahead of Penn State, but that's just something to keep an eye on. I think, um, I think there could be a good chance for a rebound season from Penn State, and we've discussed it before. You know that could uh, cost Indiana along the way. So uh, I'm looking at 17 to 20 for Indiana and or Penn State. I think that's the range, and then got to see if any other teams make it into that top 25. Michigan's probably the team I'll keep an eye on. I, I don't think Northwestern will have a chance there, uh, but I think Michigan, just based on the name, could be a fringe top 25 team. Well, we'll see what ends up happening with the Wolverines. It would obviously be a nice little high note to start off that season for Jim Harbaugh, who, of course, has so much expectation around him to succeed and pressure to do so this season. But we'll get into the top 25 when it's actually here for us on Wednesday with Asher Lowe on the podcast. Right now, we got to get into defensive backs. The Big Ten has a whole bunch of talented players in that defensive backfield to try and shut down some of the most talented offensive passing games in the country, too. But we'll talk about all of it here with Kevin in just a moment. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you just a little bit about betonline.ag. This is a site that has everything as far as your sports betting needs goes. They've got all the best lines from all around the sports world. And really anything that you could bet on, they have a chance for you to bet on too. It's the heart of baseball season right now, and football season is just around the corner. If you want to be able to tell your friends, hey, I said it that our team was going to win the division, you can put your money on it. Be able to prove it right now by placing that future bet over at betonline.ag. And you can do it with some free money, too. If you head on over to the site, again, betonline.ag, and enter in our promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit into the account. That's whatever you put in, 50% of it just thrown right on top for free, thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get back to the show, Rock Auto is the place to go for all of your car part needs. They're helping us get you the show today, and they can also help you get whatever you need for your car as we get into these winter months. In Big Ten season especially, in this area of the country, you want to make sure that you have everything up to date in your car. Because if something goes wrong, you could be stuck for a while in those winter months. So head on over to rockauto.com for any sorts of repairs, upgrades, anything like that. And at least check out the prices they have. They're going to be better than everything you can find anywhere else because they cut out that middleman. Go and check it out. You owe them at least that because they're giving you this service where you can just sit on your couch 
and order everything that you need for an outstanding price. Again, I beg you, just go over to rockauto.com and at the very least, if you need something, see how much cheaper you could get it for there at the site and get it right to your door without having to go to a part shop or a dealership, anything like that. It's rockauto.com, your place to go for anything that your card needs ever, really. Back in on Locked On Big Ten alongside Kevin McGuire, our Tuesday host, I'm Nate Dickinson, here to help you break down defensive backs in the Big Ten as we get ready for the 2021 season. Kevin, a whole lot of talent around this conference all over. We've said that for every position preview that we've had, but there's some really good defensive backs returning here this season that are going to be able to make a huge impact in shutting down some really talented offenses in the Big Ten. I want to ask off the bat, just individuals. Not even units as a team or who's going to end up being the best, but just straight up one guy. Who is your best of the best in the Big Ten right now? Because there's a lot of names to choose from. There are certainly a lot of really worthy candidates to choose from. But if I'm choosing one, I'm going to go to the Iowa Hawkeyes and I'm going to take Matt Hankins off the board. I feel as though uh, the experience he has, the ability he has to make some big plays on defense, I think uh, is going to be a key factor for Iowa's success this year. And I think we're going to be hearing his name an awful lot this upcoming season. Again, a lot of really good candidates. I don't know if there's too many wrong answers here, but if I get to choose one off the board, that's where I'm starting right there. Well, I'll go with over in Indiana, Tuan Mullen there. All Big Ten last season, outstanding guy who can really do it at all levels. He had tackles for loss. He had interceptions. He had a little bit of everything going his way last season for the Hoosiers. He's just a great athlete. He's one of those guys who the people who are making TV graphics love. Trayvon uh, Mullen is brother's a linebacker for the Raiders. His cousin's Lamar Jackson. So he's got that side of the family in football who's going to be able to help him out there. And he's just in- insanely talented. You can tell that he's been around the game so much because of his family and he knows what he's doing out there. And again, he does a little bit of everything. Only other name I would have mentioned, and maybe you had it on your list too, is Brandon Joseph at Northwestern. Just because he's the same kind of guy, has all the skill sets. Trying to play his way into a first round spot in the draft this season, I think he'll be really motivated to just go that extra whatever it is. And coming off six interceptions last season in a shortened season for Northwestern, I expect him to be really good too. But I'm taking Mullen out of anybody, partly just because of what the Hoosiers have surrounding him too. And I think he'll be able to really, really excel. So I'm going to keep it in the Big Ten West. I want to throw out another name as well. And it's probably on a guy or it's probably a guy on a team that's not going to have a whole lot of success. But I think Nebraska is uh, what is Cam Taylor Britt. I think he's a guy that we got to at least keep an eye on. So, again, he's going to need a lot of help around him. But I think if Nebraska is going to make anything happen this year and if they're looking for a playmaker on defense, he's probably going to be the guy. Uh, got some experience. He's got the athletic ability. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you can rely on him to carry the team at the position, but I do feel as though he's certainly worthy of being in this conversation as well. All right, well, let's slow down and talk a little bit more about actual units here as we get into this conversation. Uh, I mentioned the Indiana Hoosiers because I really do think they have some of the best players out there, just straight up athletes. Uh, Reese Taylor's there. Jalen Williams was second team all Big Ten last season. They have to replace Another guy in Jamar Johnson that was all Big Ten last year, too. But this group is still going to be elite for the Hoosiers. I've talked about how I'm not really sold on Michael Penix Jr. yet as like a top-of-the-top guy. But on this defense, as we've gone through it unit by unit, I think Indiana has some really good talent here. From Micah McFadden at the linebacker spot to this group of defensive backs behind him, 
it seems like the Hoosiers are going to, even if it takes some time to figure out whatever Michael Penix is going to be this season in that offense, that defense is going to be able to keep Indiana in games. And that's something big that I feel like I was underestimating before really starting to dive in here. But I'm talking about things like I learned when looking stuff up. I feel like in this last couple of weeks, I've learned how legit this Indiana defense really, really is. Yeah, I've said all along, I don't think Indiana was a fluke last year. I'm not necessarily expecting the same kind of success this upcoming season for a variety of reasons, but this was not an accident, all the success that they did have last year. And I think Tom Allen has done a terrific job in building a program and building that identity. And he has done a terrific job of developing a defensive scheme that were just you know, they, it just works for them. And, uh, you know, they get in a little bit of a shootout with Ohio state last year, but uh, this is a tough defense and it makes life miserable. And especially when you can create as many turnovers as this Indiana defense is capable of doing, uh, largely from that secondary, that's going to turn a lot of games in your favor that worked in their favor last year uh, in some big games and big moments and whether or not they continue that going on this year remains to be seen, but they certainly have the potential with some of the defensive backs they have going in controlling the backfield and covering some of the best wide receivers in the conference. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough task, but they are up to it. Absolutely. Yeah. They're talented. They're experienced. And that's the biggest thing is that this group has been together for a little bit now. And they're going to be able to put all the pieces together in ways that I think are going to even excel what happened last season, at least on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what ends up happening as far as the game scores go. Kevin, who else do you see as far as like team units in this Big Ten that you think defensive backs is going to be a real strength for? I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, but this is a Penn State secondary is going to be one of the most consistent aspects of this Penn State defense this year. Uh, getting to recast our fields back from last year, that was a huge lift for them. Uh, they've got, actually got some really good uh, young talent as well. They're in a position where they feel like their secondary has enough talent to go around where they can actually move one of those guys over to the offensive side to try to make a playmaker there. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, of course, is going to be one of the top safeties in the conference, uh, if not the nation this year. I know we're focusing mostly on defensive backs, but you know Penn State has some good talent to look forward to. Joey Porter Jr. Uh, certainly has had some splashes. Uh, whether or not he's going to be locking down a starting job still remains to be seen, but he might be one of the favorites there. But you know, they've got some aggressive defensive backs, and it's going to be really fun to see them play this year. Uh, again, yeah, I think it's the strength of this Penn State defense going into the upcoming season. You can't say that very often when you're talking about Penn State and their defense, but the secondary, I think, is the best unit they have to offer. Yeah, I had Jaquan, or I had Joey Porter Jr. on my list. I had Jaquan Brisker there as well as just someone who's there for Penn State who seems to have talent to alongside everyone else. How much do you feel like, because we talk about how like the game starts in the trenches, right? It's the offensive and defensive line that decides the plays. And linebackers are obviously the captains of the defense, but if you have defensive backs as your greatest strength, that's nice. But is it something where like how much can those guys really help out the other holes in this defense in ways that maybe other talented players at other positions would? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get a sense of what you're going for. And obviously, I, I've always said that a good defensive line is going to make your secondary better because the defensive line creating pressure is going to force the quarterback to make some mistakes. So if you have your defensive backs and your safeties ready to pounce on those opportunities, you're going to be in much better shape. And, you know, maybe that plays out for Penn State. Maybe it plays out for some of the other teams around the conference as well. But I, I think in Penn State's case, while they're still trying to figure some things out on the defensive line, they feel pretty solid about their linebacker situation. But the secondary can make up for any mishaps that may happen because I believe that they're going to cover pretty well. 
Um, I think they'll create some turnovers, uh, not just because of what's going on in front of them, but I feel like um, it's kind of like their their safety outlet here where they're going to be able to rely on the secondary to keep things calm, keep things uh, within check. And they may give up some big plays. There's no question about that. And they've certainly had some lapses in recent years in the secondary. But I think overall, from start to finish throughout the course of a game, the, the secondary, the defensive backs are really going to do a solid job of making sure a game doesn't get out of control. As far as other groups that I'm looking at and interested in, Iowa is something that piques my interest. One, because of the talent. You mentioned Matt Hankins already, but they've got Jake Corner in there. Riley Moss is there too. And Iowa runs that zone defense on the coverage most of the time that's just so unique and, and different from what a lot of other teams do. And these are some of the best zone corners and defensive backs in the country. Moss out there had been regarding a couple different things I read as like potentially the best zone coverage guy in the all of the NCAA. I think he was like top two or three as far as like the PFF grades go. So mm-hmm. Iowa running that zone coverage is something that I think is really going to interest me. But I'm not as smart as you are with like the ins and outs and the X and O's of that kind of stuff, Kevin. So enlighten us a little bit more about just how good this Iowa team could be with the way that it plays defense in the past game. Well, I'm not going to say I'm an X and O's expert either, but I will say there's just something about the way that Iowa traditionally plays defense. And it seems like they always has a, have a secondary that they can rely on, make it some big opportunities. So, and again, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Like, Iowa always has a defensive line, as far as I'm concerned. So they create uh, the opportunities for their secondary to, to pounce on those mistakes. And I think that's what really fuels Iowa's success over the years. If Iowa has a really good year, I think their secondary is making a lot of big plays, uh, coming up with some big interceptions, maybe some big returns on those re- interceptions. So I, I just feel as though that is one area where – Iowa doesn't always get recognized for being so solid. It seems like Iowa always has a running back. They always have offensive linemen. They always have tight ends. They always have pretty good defensive linemen. But the secondary just kind of gets overlooked. But that's been pretty consistent over the years as well. So I don't know what's going on at Iowa, but it always feels as though they're very consistent <laughs> pretty much wherever you look. And it just feels as though the secondary doesn't get the respect that some of the other positions at the Iowa program tend to under Kirk Ferentz. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, Kirk Ferentz is part of it. I mean, that's a stable, stable program that he's built up being the longest tenured head coach. Is he now in all of college football for one institution at the moment? I'm not sure, but I'm trying. He's he's up there if he he isn't the guy. Yeah, he might be. It's close. I feel like that's something I read, but that'll be a fact check for tomorrow. We'll get our fact checkers on that (laughs) and find it for you by the time we talk to Asher Lowe on Wednesday in case we're wrong. Or you guys will tell us because we know that's what you love to do too. But anyway. Somebody will chime in on the mentions for sure. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, as far as individual guys, I wanted to talk about looking just up and down at my list here. Uh, I had Patrick, I believe it's Renee it is, of Rutgers. Really talented guy, I think could be really good. We haven't talked much about Ohio State again still, but Seven Banks is going to be outstanding. I mean, yeah. we talked before about how Ohio State's just going to have that raw talent everywhere it's a situation where again we talked to jay stevens yesterday with the linebackers d-backs are the same way where it's not a lack of talent the only question marks are around that lack of experience it's the reason why ohio state might end up at only four or five in the preseason poll as opposed to two or three because they got inexperience at that quarterback position they also have it at the defensive backs as well so a whole lot of talent there and again as we've talked about with so many of these buckeyes players they could easily come out and be the best at their position in the conference this season. 
But as far as just what they've done already, we don't know yet with these guys. We just know that the explosive potential is there always with Ohio State. Yeah, that's kind of a, th- a trend around the Big Ten. If you look at some of the, the secondaries that are around this conference, there are a lot of teams with a lot of experience, and at least upperclassmen, uh, anchoring down a very key position at defensive back. And I think experience does go a long way. And you, you mentioned seven banks. I know we went so long without bringing up Ohio State. Maybe that was so we please the Twitter uh, listeners so we make sure we talk about everybody aside from just Ohio State. Uh, but I do feel as though uh, when you talk about seven banks, you're talking about one of the better – defensive backs in the conference. Uh, certainly well, the guy that Ohio State's going to look for as a leader there. Uh, and experience might be a little bit of an issue around the depth chart for Ohio State, but you know that the talent is there. You know that the potential is there. But again, going back to what I was saying, like there are a lot of defensive back tandems around the Big Ten that have experience, that have upperclassmen and veteran leadership. That can play a huge role in turning a couple games in your favor. Take Michigan, for example. You know, I don't know a whole ton about the Michigan secondary, but I do know they've got a couple seniors that are probably going to be starting. And that can be something that you can really look to as maybe a little bit of a difference maker. And maybe that's a reason why Michigan could have more success. It feels like Michigan's flying completely under the radar this year, but you know, maybe if we dig in a little bit deeper, maybe things start to come together because of some of the seniors that they've got in very key positions. Yeah, and there's a degree of that, I think, all around college football, if you were to look at it, just because of the way that last year was and the rules and how everyone is able to come back if they want. But I think you're right. I think defensive back especially can really, really get helped out by that kind of seniority at the position. Just to like put it on the other side of the ball, a wide receiver can come in and be really effective in the Big Ten day one, like just explosive athleticism. A defensive back requires a little bit more just game knowledge and stuff to make sure that He's not making those slip-ups in the game. He can be competitive. He can run with everybody right off the bat, be the athletic guy. But those kind of smarts that you want to see out of your defensive backs, I feel like you get in that seniority here in the Big Ten that could really help out some teams. And there are, like you said, I feel like it's like five, six, maybe even half the league where we were looking at stuff, or at least I was, and looking down and saying, these guys have these guys and these guys are coming back too. So it's just a situation where I feel like there's an overload and it's going to be really fun to watch. And that, that's another thing to keep in mind, too, with the way that uh, the COVID situation with uh, scholarships and everything, everybody getting an extra year of eligibility. Some programs may actually be in a better position with a, a variety of positions uh, based on getting players back who may have uh, gone on if it weren't for you know, bizarre circumstances a year ago. So that's just another thing to keep in mind, too, as you're trying to figure out exactly what school has what at what position? Uh, a lot of players coming back this year that may not have been here under normal circumstances. And if you want to go a little bit deeper, it could maybe hurt more a school like an Ohio State because the only real reason players had to not play again, if you're going meta-meta, was because they were going to go to the pros. Of course, maybe people just don't want to play more football and they're done with it. But I mean, as long as you want to keep playing football, the only reason to not do it at whatever college you were at is because you were going to the NFL And obviously the best teams are the best were the ones that lost the most players. So maybe it ends up evening things out a little more for at least one more season. But I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. That's just something that happens when I start turning the gears in my head and start to think about it a little bit more. Kevin, as we talk defensive backs here, anything more that we need to get to dark horse candidates, stuff like that? Just anything else in your notes that we didn't touch on? Wisconsin didn't have a single interception by a defensive back last year. I'm going to take the over in 2021. 
<laughs> I did want to give a shout out. There were a couple other guys I had on my list out of Minnesota. A couple of, again, just experienced guys. Injustice Harris, Coney Durr, and Minnesota's defense overalls looking like it'll be a whole lot better. Hopefully that can help them out too. Uh, again, I, I don't think they're like top of the conference guys, but somebody who could have productive seasons and help their team win some more games. I think those two guys in the defensive backfield for Minnesota. Kevin, it's always fun to chat with you here on Tuesdays. We'll have team previews to get to next week. I don't know if we'll get to your Penn State Nittany Lions on this Tuesday, but we will reserve you your team, of course, to make sure that you can talk Nittany Lions here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. You can hear Kevin on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast every single weekday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, we're here every Monday through Friday, too, on Locked On Big Ten. Coming up tomorrow, our new Wednesday co-host, Asher Lowe, is going to join the program for the first time with me in the seat. We'll talk to him and break him in on everything going on here on our Wednesday programs. And, of course, Kevin will be back next week as well. Kevin, anything else to let people know about before we let you go? No, you hit the nail in the coffin there. Uh, make sure you check out Locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, we're doing a lot of recapping of stuff that happened at the Penn State uh, Photo and Media Day over the weekend. So we've got a lot of audio from James Franklin that we're plowing through. But until next time, everybody, I'll talk to you next Tuesday, unless you want to check me out on Locked on Nittany Lions. Send your critiques over to at Kevin on CFB or at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Follow us at Locked on Big 10. That's Locked on Big 1-0 on Twitter as well. And then, of course, Subscribe, follow everything that you do on whatever you're listening to the podcast on right now. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.